1: What's up, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lax Class here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Santino Ferris back in the co-host chair for EP198. And holy moly, do we have a lot to talk about here on this episode of Lax Class. Thanks for joining us. Tino, welcome back to the podcast, man. Uh, I where did you go? You're like off on a wedding or something like that for the last week? <laughs> I go other places. Married? It wasn't you getting married, was it? No,
2: I go other places other than weddings and and uh farmers markets. Okay, just so you know. <laughs> uh no, I was up in Oliver oh. uh for a little under a week. Jen's family every year goes to this lakeside resort for the week, so I didn't get to go last year because I was in school. During, you know, hang on. At what the time. lake?
1: Because there's no lake in Oliver. There's a Soyuz and there's, you know, a little further up. There's Vaso Lake. I know that, but there's no Tuckle lake. Tuckle it. Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, like the okay, the first year that I went, the way it's spelled, you'd think that it'd be like this Fran- uh, French pronunciation of it where you'd be like Tuckle Nui. But I got like, I got. Hammered for saying it like that. So I just say Tuckle knew it now because that, but I think, I think everyone else is saying it wrong. But yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, uh, it was a phenomenal week. Uh, did the, did the lazy river one day? Ah. Drinks were, drinks were flowing. Sun was shining. And avoided getting sunburnt, which is a huge development for me because I have the fairest of skin. Wow. So
1: <laughs> you're right, you're up right up there with with yours, truly, and and maybe Curtis Dixon or something who I don't <laughs> I don't think can go in the sun. Uh, good thing you didn't have to go to the hospital up there because I don't think it's open right now, is it? Uh, well,
2: it's actually it's funny you say that. So <laughs> I didn't have to go to the hospital, but um, Jen's sister, they um, her and her husband have a uh a year old baby, their, their daughter, Mila. And, and she has a cold and it just hasn't really gone away. So they tried to take her up to the hospital and they were up there for three hours and then just came back. They're like, we couldn't get her in. And she seems to be like, okay, so we're uh, just going to avoid that. But it's a problem. man.
1: It's a problem, but enough, uh, enough about that. Not to disregard (laughs) young, young Mila, but we got uh, lots to talk about here on the podcast, man. Uh, All sorts of things going on in the world of box lacrosse. And I don't even know where to begin here. Let, well, what, when we talk about what's coming up here on the program, because that always seems to be a good place to start. Uh, third period, Evan, lax class report cards and lax class locks. Sadly, Tino, we did not do any better with you away. <laughs> Jamie came in. Parlay did not work out once again, so we got some work to do in period three to get uh, to get the account. Back up as far as jumbo bucks go. Cold Snooks got snapped sooner or later, man. Like, it, it this cannot continue. So,
2: I, I'm pretty happy though that we can put to bed that I am not the curse. Yeah. Because you guys suck just as bad when I'm not here.
1: <laughs> uh, it's true. It's true. It's true. So, report cards and last class locks, period three. We got the general manager of the Vancouver Warriors, Dan Richardson, back in period two. And lots to talk about with Dan. I know uh, Troy and, and Flipper were here for the weekend, uh, getting things kind of set up for the upcoming training camp. And, uh, you know, some free agents have been signed and re-signed and what have you. So lots to talk about with dan in period number two. Here in period number one, we got our Stampede Stallions of the Week. And, of course, the big focus as well. And... Uh, what else do we got going on here? Like, like, like I said, this, man, this yesterday might have been one of the best days in lacrosse, man. Like, you had the Canada Summer Games gold medal matchup going down at noon Pacific. Team BC, team Ontario, and BC Tino back there in Niagara pull out the 7-6 victory in the gold medal game over Team Ontario in what was just a Did you watch this thing? This was an amazing lacrosse game from the camp. Packed house there in Niagara. And BC down a couple after the second period. They lock it down defensively in the third. They get a couple of goals, and they pull out a what? It got real dicey, man. Six seconds left, they had the possession, up a goal, they turned the ball over, one more chance for Ontario. Big save made, and BC brings home the gold. I want to say, well, the, the summer game's the first time back in the summer game since 1985 when BC won, and they do it again. Grant Hamilton on the bench there, he was part of that 1985 team. Uh, as the D coach there, Jerry Van Beek, President of the B.C. Lacrosse Association, the head coach, Darcy Rhodes, Ryan Williams. And I think the most important thing of it all here is they won it for one Ben Pollock, who is going through a real tough time right now, Tino. He's fighting cancer, was unable to make the trip to Niagara with his team, B.C. teammates. But the boys did it for him, man. They're coming home with the gold for Ben and our province. What, a, what an accomplishment here. Which, you know, is, is so amazing because here in Langley, at the minor box across nationals, it was Team Ontario and Team BC in all three divisions. And Ontario came out on top in all of those. Congrats to the U12s, U14 boys and girls. Team Ontario's BC takes the silver, Ontario takes the gold, but BC avoids the clean sweep at uh at the summer games where you know that's kind of the big big one right there so congrats to everybody involved with team bc
2: yeah i, I so i don't want to go too much into it just because i'm going to touch on it a little bit for my report card mm-hmm. a little foreshadowing there but i will say i was following along with the team, B stu- team bc stuff that was going on especially yesterday uh on twitter and all the updates and i'll just say seeing how emotional some of these players were getting as soon as they won like some of these guys are grabbing the ben pollock jersey from the from behind the bench yeah. like that's their first move before going and running on the floor to go embrace their teammates seeing how emotional they were getting was like giving me chills it was like what, one of those moments where this is bigger than the sport and they're the the athletes are clearly playing for something bigger And everything just comes together in this perfect, like, storybook ending. So I'm so happy for those guys.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I I did the the MC, the opening ceremonies at the LEC, well, a week ago today. You know, that was kind of my, my party message to all the teams out on the turf there at the end is, like, I know it may be difficult for you to kind of grasp this right now but 20 years from now all those those kids are going to look back at that week there in Langley and those are going to be some of their favorite and fondest memories of their entire life Uh, making new friendships the wins the losses the emotions and just the entire experience of playing at the minor nationals you don't get the chance to do that very often and I just said you know try and soak this in and, and live it Right now, because you're going to look back on that week and, and think, man, was that ever cool?
2: Oh, yeah. And like, that's the the first thing that stood out to me watching some of these videos was how was like the this is a full barn. Yeah, it, like it's unbelievable to watch, to see that kind of environment. It's exactly like you said, like these kids are going to be talking about this for the next, you know, like 10, 20 years. I bet you like when they're parents and 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 older and beyond and stuff like they're still going to be telling stories about about these kind of games and ultimately like that that's why we all play that's that was that was so much of the appeal when we're growing up trying to play these things so
1: absolutely so <clears throat> that kind of covers minors and speaking of the minors Tino the President's Cup is coming up just uh well it's a week well, under a week it's President's Cup week Tino and the teams are set here Aqua Bucks, Snake Island Muskies, the Six Nations Rivermen, the Capital Region Axemen, the Calgary Mountaineers, the Ladner Pioneers, as the Saskatoon Brewers dropped out of the President's Cup, and probably smartly so, Tino. I don't think the Brewers were going to have too good of an experience. They're in Edmonton going up against some of these rosters, and they said, you know what? Uh, I think we're going to take this year off from the President's Cup. So, I'm heading back there on Sunday and I'll be starting to call games on Monday. Cody Jansen will be back there as well. I cannot wait for this. And we were kind of kicking it around before we hit the record button here. And I think I'm going to bring the gear back to Edmonton and we're going to record EP 199 from Edmonton at the President's Cup. And it's going to be a heavy focus next week. So,. Look forward to this. Uh, The Cornfield Boys, nobody runs a better tournament than these guys. First class all the way, and I can't wait for this thing. Look forward to that on EP199. President's Cup is coming up. As we record today here on Monday. Can you tell I just drank like 20 ounces of coffee, Tino? I'm fired <laughs> up right now this morning. I can smell the breath yes, through the microphone. Yes, it's Minto Cup is starting today, Tino. Uh, game number one goes at 2 p.m. Pacific. Game number two goes at 5 o'clock. I should have the schedule in front of me. I know Victoria is involved in the first game. That's all I know right now. Maybe you can look that up for me while we're jabbering here, Tino. But the Victoria Min- versus
2: Toronto. There beaches. You go.
1: Okay, so Minto Cup starts today. Brampton, Ontario. You can check those games out on YouTube free of charge, I might add. Well done to the OJ. You might get a report card just for that. Uh, What else do we got going on? Founders Cup is over. And like I said, yesterday you had the gold medal game at the Canada Summer Games. You had the gold medal game at the Founders Cup. Congratulations to the Nepean Knights, who are your Founders' Cup champions, beating the Coquitlam Adnax 7-6 in what was just another fantastic lacrosse game. And shout out to the Adnax as well, who did well just to get there, beating a really strong Victoria team in the playoffs and punching their ticket to the Founders. And they took what I think was clearly the best Junior B team in the country to the brink. They had a one-goal lead in the third period. Just couldn't quite hang on. They had some opportunities on the power play in the third period. Just couldn't quite get over the hill. But Nepean, worthy champions, congratulations to the Knights as they are your 2022 Founders' Cup champion. Then, after that, it was the MSL Finals going on. Game three, Peterborough and Six Nations. And the Lakers go... It's been a road series so far. Peterborough won Game 1 on the road. Six Nations wins Game 2 in overtime on the road. Peterborough goes back to the ILA and wins Game 3 to take a 2-1 series lead in the MSL Final. And then to cap off what was just an epic Sunday of box lacrosse, the WLA Finals from Nanaimo, Game 2, and the Langley Thunder, who are starting to roll here, Tino, take a 2-0 lead over the Nanaimo Timbermen with game number three going, well, it'll be tonight when you hear this podcast, Tuesday night from the Langley Event Center, um, as they're just two wins away from heading back east to the Man Cup now, as are the Peterborough Lakers. Uh, sign me up for a Thunder Lakers Man Cup back there at the Mem Center. But the Six Nations Chiefs and the Nanaimo Timbermen will have something to say about that before it's all said and done, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, and you know what? Like after listening to, I was listening to last week's episode when you guys were uh, hanging out with Brad Curry for a little bit, and or sorry, Zach Mans. That's right. Um, I think I'm on the bandwagon of the Nanaimo Timbermen. Oh, I, 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 it's nothing against the Langley Thunder, but like everybody loves an underdog story, and just hearing how like tight knit that Nanaimo team sounds like, or like, or they seem. I, and I, I was kind of watching some of the highlights last night as well. I was, as I was scrolling through Twitter this morning, like you can feel that you can feel that energy from Nanaimo when they're scoring goals, how, how the entire team celebrates and how they're all so fired up for each other. So, you know, like obviously Langley is the, is the favorite. And I think that ultimately they're going to be a little bit too much for Nanaimo, but I think I'm kind of cheering for Nanaimo a little bit here. I I kind of like the underdog story.
1: Yeah, and the atmosphere inside Frank Crane Arena for those games here in the playoffs has been amazing. Just the drums banging hard. They're, um, speaking of the Naimo Timberman, game one, I don't know if you saw this or not, Tino, but you know Heine Thompson, who's playing for the Timberman this season, brother Lyle, dejasenundeh. To, you know, came out to Langley to watch his brother play in game one of the WA Finals because they were doing a, a camp over in Nanaimo for Will Johnny and, and Nine Nations Lacrosse. And shout out to him and all the work that he's doing over there on the island. But Lyle came to Langley and he was just kind of, you know, sitting amongst the people watching the game. But all the minor national kids were in the building to watch game one. And as soon as one kid kind of spotted Lyle, it was like, oh. Lyle Thompson's here. So he goes running down the stairs. Hey Lyle, can can I get a can I get a picture? Can I get an autograph? Sure, sure, yeah. You know, he stands up, takes a picture. Well, it wasn't more than, I don't know, like <laughs> two minutes. And next thing you know, the entire stairway up from the bottom to the top, and then down, like there was a lineup. I don't know how long. Just to get a pick with Lyle Thompson, who was, you know, there with his family (laughs) trying to watch the game. I think his parents are here and his kids and everything. And he stood there for the full 10 minutes on both intermissions, signing autographs, taking picks, and then good on him. Because he, you know, once the game started, he kind of was like, okay, kids, like, I want to watch the game. And kind of sat down and said, you know, when the game's over, I'll I'll do more. But right now, leave me alone sort of thing. (laughs) I texted down him. I said, Lyle. So if you need to come up top and, and get away from the madness, just let me know, man. I'll get you up here and get your family up here and get you away from all that. And he's like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. So um, shout out to Lyle, who is just, you know, like an absolute rock star amongst all these kids. And I had a, a really nice message from from a guy from from Winnipeg, you know, say, Like he came up to me during the ceremonies and said, Jake, I just want to introduce myself. I'm from Manitoba. I listen to your podcast. All these kids listen to your podcast. You're our source of information for, for Manitoba because we just don't get it from anywhere else. And it kind of brought me back a little bit, man, that, you know, sometimes I don't really realize how many people, like, I know a lot of people listen to this, but I don't really realize how many different parts of the country and continent that this podcast touches and how many people are paying attention to this thing. And it just like, it kind of like, I don't know if it startled me, but it, it just took me back a little bit to, to kind of think that, you know, you got these kids in Manitoba listening to our podcast and this is like their source of information on how they, how they learn about box across. And I I don't know. He sent me a really nice message afterwards as well. So I wanted to give them a shout out and just everybody that, you know, listens and supports the podcast. Thank you. Because sometimes I kind of, I think I take that for granted. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. It's, it's easy to forget about how, how large of a reach. I mean, like how large of a reach anybody really has when they're, when they're producing something to go out on the internet. But when you specifically have been doing this long enough and you've created this platform for yourself and you've created this following and so on, it's, I totally get that, how overwhelming that can feel, but, at the same time, like I think you do a really good job of like handling that responsibility and, uh and understanding, you know, well, exactly that the responsibility when you have to kind of tiptoe around subjects or be careful about the way that you say things. Yeah. And at the same time, tackling some of these tough subjects that not a lot of people want to talk about. I, I think you generally do a pretty good job of, of giving respect to the things that require that. And, yeah, it's, it's a big responsibility. And I think, yeah, you, uh, you do a really I good job it, it, Jake. Man.
1: and not to get off topic here, but I did have somebody also kind of message me about my take about the air quote world indoor junior lacrosse thing that was going on back there in Winnipeg, different guy. I don't want to, I don't want to get those two things confused and, <laughs> and listen, I preface this by saying no disrespect to the players and coaches that were competing in this thing. And, and maybe it didn't come across quite the way that I was hoping. I guess, and, I, and again, I don't want to get too far into it, but my biggest thing with it all is don't call it a world championship when it's not. It's clearly not a world championship. Team Canada, fine. But it's not a world championship. Don't call it that because not only is it confusing for fans thinking this is our the best that our country has to offer, when it's not, I just, anyway, so I, I maybe I need to walk it back a little bit because I respect guys like Steve McKinley and Gavin Proud, and, and you know, these players, more lacrosse is a good thing, and, and having these tournaments is great, and, and exposure and all the rest of it, experience, don't call it World Championship. It's not a World Championship. That's all I'm saying. Tino, i got a hot take here before we get into the big focus. You ready Whoa. for this? Yeah, let's hear it. Just what I've been watching the playoffs obviously pretty closely here, you know, junior, senior. And what I have noticed is that the second periods have been much more entertaining than the first and the third. Any idea why that might be?
3: Huh.
2: The second period is more entertaining than the first and third. I don't know. I guess maybe you could chalk it up to, you know, like some teams get some, some teams are like fired up and ready to roll right off the bat in the first. And some teams are a little bit of a slower start. So maybe the second period is where things are a little bit more even where both teams are warmed up to the same level. And I don't know, I guess I could chalk up the third to fatigue maybe, but, I think generally speaking, I would agree with you. The only thing that I would maybe push back on a little bit is the end of the third period when it's a tight game, because even though there's not goals being scored, like every possession is, is crucial. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think I would mostly agree with you, but that's a little bit of pushback I would give.
1: Here's the hot take. Tina. It's because of the long change,
2: uh... the benches,
1: and it just creates way more transition and way more mistakes. Chaos. Chaos. So here's the hot take, Tina. Force teams to use the long change twice. That's hot. That's hot. That's really hot. So First we're and third. two. Yes. Give me this because just the back and forth and the turnovers and the breakaways, the speed. This is what lacrosse is all about. And I know in, in the NLL we're going four quarters, so you get two of each, but in the summertime, give me two periods of the long bench.
2: Can I uh can I add an, a second hot take to this segment?
1: Sure you can, yeah.
2: Can we please stop with Okay, now I'm just gonna simplify this. Can every arena either have concrete or turf and not have <laughs> some of them have one and the others have another wow
1: yeah can we probably can we not. just
2: get some consistency
1: probably not you know queens park isn't taking their wooden floor out anytime soon tino I just say that you know i know you got concrete and turf you left out the wood but well for one turf i mean a, a good turf you're looking at about a half a million bucks so are the Maple Ridge Barards ready to drop down 500k on a turf. I don't know, but I've been clamoring for every team to go to turf for a long time. I just and it and it's solely for the stoppages of the floor wipes. Mm. That yeah. just kills me in the summer, and the later it gets in summer, the more important the games get. And the slower the games go. And I get it. You have to do it. You have to stop the game. You have to wipe the floor because these guys cannot be slipping around and, and breaking hips and whatever. But it just, it's not what lacrosse is about. It's its the flow. It's the speed. It's the quickness. And you you just lose that in the summertime. when. And guys will push back and say, well, it's kind of like having a TV timeout and giving guys a break so their energy levels are good. Ah, don't give me that crap. <laughs> you no, know, like I, I don't want to hear that. So I would love to see every single arena be laid down in turf. I'm sorry, Queens Park and Belly's fans and Lakers and all the rest of it. Everybody should be going to turf eventually. It's the best surface to play the game on. And you can try and argue with me that, and I'll and I'll just say that you're wrong if you, if you disagree with me. So, I'll, I'm not giving that a hot take, Tino. I'm giving that a lukewarm take right there. Whatever. <laughs> no, I'll give you one. I'll give you one. That's
4: hot. That's hot. That's really
1: hot. All right. I think that's that. We're already like 25 minutes in, and we haven't even got to the big focus.
4: Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than the big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus.
1: Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Yeah, nice. Jamie wouldn't do that last week. I know he wouldn't do it. What the hell? He gave me a little horse noise, so I'll give him that.
2: Was that a horse noise or did he just say nay?
1: By the way, how about speaking of Dalek? no longer than maybe like uh, two hours after we record the episode, the Toronto rock tweet out, we've signed Corey small. And I I'm like, Hey, like you might've wanted to uh, just maybe let that be known here on the podcast instead. (laughs) And he said, you know what, Jumbo? He goes, funny story. He goes, I hadn't even talked to Corey small. Like that deal got done in a hurry with Toronto and Corey Small, which I think is a massive pickup for the Rock on the left-hand side there. And a lot of things going down in Toronto. Maybe we'll just start there. So they go out and get Corey Small in free agency as they pluck him from Philadelphia. Then they trade Rob Hellyer. Out of nowhere, and apparently Robbie kind of asked for a deal. He said he's moving west, and you know I'm not sure things were quite gelling and meshing on that right side the way that he was hoping. And he just kind of went to after I don't know what it was. What it's been 12, 13 years with the Rock. Hellier says, uh, "You know I'd be open to being traded out west." Jamie said, "Oh, okay, I'll do that," and flips him to the Desert Dogs for two first rounders, one next year and one in 2025, I think. And when you step back and think about it, that can be the first overall pick next year. You know, desert dogs expansion team, who knows how they're going to do, but Toronto may have the first overall pick next, (laughs) next year's draft. And they, they flip a, a veteran, an aging veteran. I'll say, like he's been around. Like he's not over the hill by any means. He's not in Dan Dawson's age group, but he's he's been around the league for a long, long time. But they weren't done yet, Tino. They go out and get I Love Lucy's Captain Corbeil. What a what a weekend the Toronto Rock had. Small two first round picks and Chris Corbeil and free agency. Wow.
2: Yeah, and the first thing that I thought of when. I saw the return for Hellier with the being the two first round picks is if Toronto is really heating up towards the trade deadline, they have two first round picks. If they, if they so choose to use them to get themselves, well, at plus least... their
1: own too, right? Like they have yeah. their own first round pick. So yeah. yeah. So
2: they have, Equity. they have ammunition here. Mm-hmm. If they choose to bolster their, Line up defensively or offensively in basically whichever way they want to, if they, if they see fit, I mean, who knows this, this roster, this could be, this could be what they decide to go with. Like, we'll just have to see as the season rolls along here. But if they feel like they're like just almost there, they have a lot of ammunition to, to really go out and buy themselves, you know, whichever trade bait they see fit. So that I think that's a real power position to be in for the Toronto Rock.
1: Absolutely. And and the deals weren't done yet. Joey Rez moving from Albany to Philadelphia. That was a big move there. And it's a good thing that Philadelphia picked up Joe Terrence because Kevin Crowley is no longer a Philadelphia wing. Ryan Banesh goes to Halifax. So they lose Rez and Benny. Uh, in Albany and and a little concern there for them but I think the <laughs> I almost, I honestly I, I I have a hard time picturing this offense now in San Diego Tino <laughs> like you think about it you got Dane Doby Austin Stotts, doby resigns in San Diego by the way Austin Stotts Westberg and now they add Kevin Crowley and Curtis freaking Dixon to the seals offense I there's only one ball in on the turf I'm real eager to see the super team here on offense and how it's all gonna work there in socal with that amount of firepower on offense I don't know how you stop these guys
2: so I'm kind of wondering if like because we we've sort of been seeing this summer with Langley this super team get created with this high power offense and for the first half of the season like they kind of took them a little bit to click but right at the right time uh, leading into playoffs, they've now started rolling and they currently hold a 2-0 lead over Nanaimo in the finals. I'm kind of wondering if this might be a similar situation in San Diego, if it's going to take them a little bit, you know, to figure out who's the quarterback, who's going to take the shot on this possession, like who's going to take a shift off and so on and so on. I'm wondering if this is going to take a little bit to click. However, ideally that's what training camp will be for. And if this offense does get firing, Oh my god! Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, oh my okay, god! I just, I don't, I don't know how you, how you stop that. What do you do? No, I don't know. I, I honestly, I do, I do not know. So we're all gonna find out. Um, Panther City signs Cole Pickup. Kyle Rubish is back in Saskatchewan. I know he was a major coveted free agent, and he had offers out the yin yang. But Corbeal, um departing, Rubish staying, which. A lot of people thought these two were kind of a package deal, and we're gonna, both of them are going to go to the same team, but not the case. Um, what else do we got going on here as far as big names go? No disrespect. Desert Dogs go out and get Garrett McIntosh. The Warriors lose him. Lomas, uh, a new three-year deal. Uh, Tutton, Chad Tutton leaves Georgia and goes to Philadelphia. Dawson's coming back for another year. Uh, what else do we got going on? Anything else jump off the page at you as far as free agent signings go? Uh, and a lot of these kind of like street free agents like Brett Mitchell and, and John Phillips and um, a few of like Brett Draper and Jake Foster, these guys are all signing deals with teams. Vancouver signed a bunch of guys that we'll talk to Dan about. Anybody else uh, out there that that piqued your interest? As
2: far as like the big names, I think, I think you generally... Covered most of them How There's about some one, of these American uh, guys
1: here Like Logan yeah. Wisnowskis Going to Colorado Connor Farrell Going to San Diego uh, I'm interested to see How these guys do In the National Lacrosse League
2: Yeah Connor Farrell Is going to be an interesting one Because I think San Diego They Who have been using uh, Brandon Cleland Yeah for the last... they
1: use Cleland They use Bomberry They use Garrison
2: Yeah, so we'll see how
1: revolving door there, but now they got a pure face-off guy. The question is, can he play defense?
2: Yeah, that's that's the great question because I and you and I have talked about this a handful of times in the past too about the the face-off guys that are kind of kind of a liability defensively. So we'll see what Connor Farrell's been able to do. He's been having a dominant season in the PLL this year, and I'm also just like scrolling through the list as we've been talking as well. Asher Nolting, he's been playing for the Cannons in the PLL, signs with Colorado. So we'll see how that plays out because you know what, a lot of the times. You know, some of these field guys are, they're, the game doesn't always translate to box as well. So, but he's been having an electric year with the Cannons playing alongside Lyle. We'll, we'll see how he fits into that Colorado team, assuming that he does make the team. But yeah, just, uh, exciting free agency. And apparently there's still more to come. I saw Philly tweet out the eyes emoji or whatever this morning, too. The eyes
1: emoji. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, so if you want to keep up to date on all the movement going on in the National Lacrosse League, go to the NLL transaction page there on NLL.com. And, you know, I, I saw somebody tweet out, like, LaCrosse Twitter is like, I know something that you don't know, but I'm not going to announce it. Listen, we find out these things here, like, you know, who's going where, a good deal of time before that the team actually announces it. But the problem for us here in the lacrosse media is if we break these signings before the team does, we get a slap on the pee-pee. So it doesn't do me any benefit to skip ahead of, say, an Albany and say, oh, guess what, lacrosse fans? This is happening in Albany two hours before the firewalls tweeted out or a day or whatever. It's just not worth the headache and the pain that, I will get from either the league or the team or whoever breaking news before the team does. so it's a t- it's a tough situation because you want to get the information out there. you want to be a kind of a leading voice and a and an insider, but you also don't want to get yourself in trouble so it it you know what I'm saying like it's just not worth it.
2: The only thing that I took from all of that Was you using the phrase Slap on the peepee." Yeah, so I okay. think we need to get a, a, a lacrosse classified T-shirt made with a certain
1: phrase Across the <laughs> <Okay>. desk <laughs> Slap on the peepee." I like it um, Alright, I think that's the big focus Tino. So you know what you need to do Cinch up that new cowboy hat You got partner We're heading for the Stampede Stables Hey <laughs> <laughs> Cinch up a cowboy hat. I don't know. Oh my God. What was that last one? <laughs> I don't
2: know. I don't know.
1: Nee. No, it was better than that. I can tell you that.
2: Wait, wait, hang on. Let me do my best uh, Jamie Dalek, uh, Dalek impression. Okay, okay. Nay.
1: Nee. <laughs> ah, that was good. Take that, Dalek. All right. We've reached the Stampede Stallion stables here this weekend. Oh, Stampede Tack and Western Wear, Tino, they are hopping right now all the time, quite frankly, but summertime especially because, you know, you're out on the horses, out on the plains and the, and you got to be protected from the sun when you're out there on, on your, on your horse, man. Uh, So grab yourself a hat from Stampede Tack. They got all types of hats there. Tino, you, you know, you got one from there right behind me stampede.ca yeah you're on well you're not on screen but uh, people are listening to this so they can't uh, uh hats all types of hats cowboy hats is just one of the types of hats that they have at stampede tack and western wear check them out online where it's still shopping local stampede.ca or head on out there to cloverdale and check out all the hats that stampede has in person you know i'm gonna let you go first here your stampede stallion of the week please
2: yeah so I think, I don't think I've ever gone out East for my uh, stallion of the week. So I'm going to change things up a little bit. And I've been going to the junior ranks a handful of times recently. So we're going to go to the senior ranks. We're going to the, going to the MSL and we're going out East. I'm going with Mr. Cody Jamison, who in three games in these finals ever has here, tallied. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not a big deal. Uh, 14 points in three games, but it's more more like 14 points in two games because he was held pointless in game one, game two, absolutely explodes for 11 points. And then game three, like comes back down to earth a little bit, but still three points. Yeah. Uh, Peterborough takes the series so far two to one, but
1: well, they could easily uh, be down three, nothing in this series. Like I think in game two, they're on the road. They're down two with about three minutes to play and bang, bang. They tie it up and then end up winning in overtime. Cursey of Randy Stotts as they play the full 10 minutes, but they get the only goal in overtime to, tie up the series but they could easily be down three nothing in this series if not for for cody
2: yeah and i think if i think if jammer can can maintain this streak i think if he can, if he can get hot man like we i think we have a seven game series on our hand i think this is going to go the distance so uh yeah shout out to cody Jamison.
1: game four is huge welcome to the stable cody my stallion is going out to one ben pollock this week tino and and you know why um Tough, tough situation for Ben. He's fighting cancer. There's there's a couple of stories out there right now online if you want to kind of see Ben's story. Um, but the kids there, they brought Ben's jersey back to, to Niagara. They hung it up on the bench. They were playing for Ben. And uh, you know how hard that must be on Ben. Not only you know going through his battle with cancer right now, but to not be with his teammates and not be able to travel and take part in this experience. Must have been just gut-wrenching for him. And, man, I hope. The fact that the boys are bringing home the gold medal for Ben Softens the blow a little bit And, and spurs him on to, to keep fighting his battle And I had no other choice But to give the Stallion to Ben Pollock this week You, you with me on this? You better uh, be
2: 100, 100% And like like I mentioned before like Watching how emotional some of those players were getting on his behalf was it was just gave, giving me chills every every video that I watched. So yeah, what unbelievable choice couldn't couldn't agree with you more.
1: All right, there you go, Cody Jamison and Ben Pollock, welcome to the stable, fellas. You are this week's Stampede Stallions of the Week. That was period number one. Period number two is next. We got the General Manager of the Vancouver Warriors, Dan Richardson. Next here on Lax Class.
4: Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level.
0: This is Zach Mans of the Toronto Rock. You're listening
2: to Lax Class
1: welcome back to lacrosse classified as we move into period number two you just heard from associated labels and packaging of course they've been with us since day number one they're the best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging associated lp that stands for labels and packages.com best in the business like i said labels package you need one go to associated labels and packages uh also, this interview brought to you by Rycor Construction. Tino, uh, we've been talking a lot about this Canada Summer Games gold medal matchup. How about it, from the sun, the heir to the throne of Rycor Construction, Josh E. Mills, with two genos in that gold medal game? I know Ryan is some kind of fired up. I was texting with him over the over the weekend after the game, and Josh Mills played his best lacrosse when it mattered most in the gold medal game and helped BC to that gold medal. Uh, Rycor Construction will help you find yourself a brand new exterior or interior renovation, fences, decks, all of it. Check them out, Rycor Construction, Facebook, Instagram, or the website, rycourtconstruction.ca. They make it stand out, and we thank them for their support. As we welcome back to the podcast, GM of the Vancouver Warriors, Dan Richardson. Dan, thanks for doing this. Welcome back to class How are you? Thanks for having me back, guys. Uh, our pleasure, man. How are things going? It's uh, been a busy, busy couple of weeks,
3: and uh, I want to start off by uh, congratulating Team BC on their uh, gold medal at the Canada Games. That's just awesome.
1: Yeah, I was. Did you watch the game? It was a fantastic game. I don't know if you. I think you were maybe out on the golf course yesterday, weren't you?
3: Uh, yeah, I was. We were out with our new coaching staff, and uh, so I missed the game, but I saw some of the highlights. it yeah. So uh, just awesome. How'd the game go? Yeah, well, we'll move on from that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> did, did flipper and 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 cords uh show you up out there or what uh they were they were in the other
3: foursome so okay. uh they, we had the coaches staff together and then kenny and i and dave and uh uh dwight were in the second foursome but okay. i can tell you that uh we were at golden eagle north and uh for some reason the coaches got lost halfway through and ended <laughs> up uh, on the south course <laughs> No, they ended okay. up like they they now start you on the whole ten, uh, okay, and uh, somewhere along the way they switched over and were on the the first nine instead of being you know, on the back. <laughs> nine, so. Classic,
1: classic. Well, why don't we start there, Dan? Uh, well, we haven't spoken to you on, on the record here since the the coaching hire and and you go out and get Troy Cordingly obviously a well-known name in, in the sport and and a very successful coach at the National Lacrosse League level and he brings along with him Phil Sanderson who's uh you know got the accolades to go along with his resume as well but maybe take me through the process here a little bit and how you landed on Troy Cordingly and Phil Sanderson for your new coaches
3: uh you know we had about um eight or ten people uh, kicked the tires and uh, early on in the process uh, you know Troy got a hold of us through Ken Thomas um, who who they played together years ago uh, with the Adnox and uh, Troy had decided that he wanted to get back into coaching uh, at the NLL level after taking a few years off and uh, it it, it soon became apparent to us that that, uh, he he was going to be our number one candidate so we had numerous, uh, calls, uh, texts, uh, zoom calls with ownership and myself, uh, interviewing, uh, uh, Troy and, uh, you know, he, uh, answered all the questions and, uh, we're more than excited to have somebody of his, uh, caliber and bringing along Phil Sanderson to pair up with our existing coaches and Curtis Hodgson and Dan Perot and Dwight Mickey, And so this past weekend was all about you know uh, getting some team building happening with the coaches and some of our key players Um, and right now today we're we're in planning sessions for training camp and our draft uh, so I've stepped out for a couple minutes to do this so uh, this is the first time I've met Troy personally and uh, I think our fans and our players are really going to like him. Are you willing to go into specifically like what you think troy
2: brings in terms of like the different coaching style than what chris gill i'm not trying to get you to take shots at chris gill
3: by any means i'm just wondering what you think the big differences are oh i mean first of all chris gill's a, a good friend of mine and he's uh, a, a great coach um but troy's a different uh takes a different tact in coaching and i think that you know uh at the end of the day we were a 6 and 12 team and so changes needed to be made and so um, Troy and Phil are, are going to bring a, a fresh look at, uh, coaching, but their one of their things that they hammered home through the interview process was accountability and, um, you know, the, the compete level and the will to win. And, um, so some of our players I think are going to be, I don't want to say shocked because I think Troy has a, you know, a reputation out there. He, he, he has a winning pedigree and he gets the most out of his players. And so I've talked to pretty well, every one of our uh, signed players and uh, they're all very excited to have uh, Troy on board. They know that training camp is going to be a, an extreme grind this year. So they're, you know, the prep work is already starting on that. So uh, I really think that one of the key things is the accountability piece and the, you know, the, the winning attitude and you better be prepared to, to bleed black and, and gold. And uh you want, you, we want players that want to play here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and and we'll talk about some of the signs you made, but I just kind of want to talk. I've had people ask me, well, Phil Sanderson, didn't he play defense his entire career? And now he's going to be the O coach. We've seen countless examples of really star studded offensive players going to play or coach defense and, and vice versa. And I, my, my response to that is always like, well, who do you think knows how to to stop an offense or create an offense to beat a defense rather than a guy that played against it his entire career? The two things, like, it's not a, a huge jump to try and get a D coach to design an offense. that's going to beat a defense. You know what I'm saying here? So like, I don't think people really need to worry about the fact that a, a guy that played D his whole career is now coaching offense because nobody knows how to beat a defense better than a defensive guy.
3: Well, and he's also, uh, he's got a great mentor in, in Troy. Troy was an offensive player. And so uh, between the two of them, uh, we're very confident that uh, they'll be able to get the most out of our offense. So uh, I'm very impressed with uh, over this past weekend, getting to know these two guys and uh, what they bring to the table. So yeah, you know, I, I, that's, the least of my worries.
1: How's the uh the whiteboard starting to look here, man? I you know, I, I a bunch of signings lately. I think Dallas Wade um a few days ago, but then you you've gone out as I'm just scanning the, the transaction page here quickly. You go out and, and get Brandon Goodwin back in the fold. You resigned re-signed your captain, Brett mitsky and, and and Logan Shuss and Riley Lowen. But you go out and get these these guys here in Nick Preston, Cal Slade, Graydon Susie, and goaltender Aiden Walsh, who I'm really excited about. Just maybe touch on each one of these guys and why you went out and signed them.
3: Well, first of all, you know, I think we're pretty, you know, we're happy where our offense is right now. And so you can see by the signings and some more that are coming, the the, uh, area that we're trying to improve is our goaltending and our defense. And we can start with Aiden Walsh, who was a practice uh, goalie for uh, Georgia. So he was a street free agent. He's just, he's coming off a fantastic season with the Oakville Buzz Juniors. Um, Twenty-one years old, six foot four, hundred ninety pounds, very athletic, a big body, which we love. And um, Troy and um, and Phil know the kid very well, and so uh, you know we think that you know that's an area that we obviously need to improve on and the fact that he's 21 years old um he's going to want to prove himself as to be an NLL goaltender and we're going to give him an opportunity uh we had Mitch Jones on the show a couple weeks ago and he was
2: talking about how he thinks the the core of the team is there and now it's more so just about kind of changing the culture a little bit and and ultimately just performing on the floor obviously you just talked about still bringing in a couple of guys here and there to try to shore up the defense and the goaltending. But um, generally speaking, would, do you agree with that? And, and are you still looking to bring in some more guys?
3: Yeah, we've still got a couple that are in the hopper that uh, we're just waiting for, uh, you know, we're having ongoing discussions with the player or and or their agent, but we're happy with our signings so far. And uh, there's a couple that, uh, uh, I think people are going to be surprised with when we uh, get to announcing that uh, in the next week or so.
1: And and walk me through the process of and and listen, Dan. I, a lot of people talking about how Vancouver has not been able to land kind of one of the bigger names out there, and the same goes for fourteen other teams. Wherever these guys select to go, fourteen other teams were probably vying for these guys' services as well. And sometimes you can put the best offer you can possibly imagine on a plate in front of them. And for whatever reason, the player chooses another team for Maybe it's a better offer or or maybe it's just a better fit for them or whatever. But all you can do as a general manager is try and put the best offer you possibly can in front of this player and, and hope he signs. How does that negotiation process work when you are trying to land, say, a Kevin Crowley?
3: Well, I mean, it's a uh, it's a very long, tenuous process. Uh, you once free agency is established uh, on the fifteenth of August, uh, you're allowed to physically talk to these people, and you know the first reach out or phone call is, you know, "Are you interested in receiving an offer from us?" And if it's yes, then you work with the player or and or their agent, and and uh, you know establish what it is they're looking for and what we're looking for, and so there's a lot of back and forth, and uh, it could be through text, it could be through Zoom calls, face-to-face, but it's a long, strenuous process. And at the end of the day, you know, that player, they, they've earned the right as a UFA, and we'll talk specifically about UFAs, sure. they've earned the right uh, to shop their services around. That's what the CBA is all about. And um, so we try to put our, uh, our best foot forward, and, and uh, put a, um, you know, uh, a contract uh, in front of these individuals that's competitive and that, uh, you know, we think meets all or ticks all the boxes that they're looking for. And, uh, you know, we did that in, with a couple of these guys. And at the end of the day, they chose uh, different teams. And, you know, yes, were we disappointed? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, we, we talk about it as an organization. We want players that want to play for us, that want to put the black and gold on it. And if you don't want that, then we, you know. you got to move on. We move on. And we we deal with the players that we have here today and, and some of the ones that we're going to announce in the next few days that are, that are excited to be with us. And, yeah, we would have loved to have some of those players that you're talking about, but that's not in the cards this year. So we move on and... and um, and we we're excited with our coaches and the and the players that we've signed already and a couple more that are coming down the pipe.
1: Yeah, I just I kind of want to dispel the notion that it's not like you weren't trying to sign these guys. They just chose to go somewhere else and that like you said that's completely their prerogative to do so. They've earned that right. And at the end of the day, there's 14 other teams that are in the same boat as Vancouver. When you're talking about guys like Corbeil and Rubish and Dixon, you know, every single team is making a pitch to get these guys.
3: Yeah. And, and,
1: you know, at the end of the day,
3: we have to continue to keep working hard to make Vancouver a destination where players want to come and play, especially, you know, the the BC born uh, uh, boys, you know, that.
1: It's a bit of a double-edged sword, too, right, Dan? You want to, You want to get these guys in so you can win games, but you ultimately you have to win games for guys to want to come here. Exactly, you hit the nail on the head. So, you know, uh, we
3: we had our, uh, you know, we took our best shot for a couple of these guys, and they they chose uh, other teams, and we wish them nothing but the best. But you know, we we're not going to wor- worry about it for too long because we've got guys here that want to compete. And uh, so we we uh, we will deal with them um, since since the Warriors have moved
2: now to Rogers Arena from when they were in Langley. I think we've seen the fan base slowly start to gain more and more trust in the team. And I, and I think we saw that a lot last season as the season progressed, there were more and more fans filling the lower bowl, even as the playoff dreams were starting to slip away towards the end of the season. I think there was still a decent amount of fans getting coming into the building. Um, what. What do you think has to happen next season to continue
3: to build off that, to ultimately try to fill the lower bowl? Well, I think the the main thing, yeah, we got to win. We got to win some games at home uh, to, to ignite those fans. Uh, Our, our uh, Canuck Sports and Entertainment and Colby Fackler and our business group have done a fantastic job with uh, the in-game entertainment product. And uh, we're like, I've been around to every, every, um, venue other than i haven't been to new york yet but we're we're right up there with everybody else as far as in-game entertainment like our you know so i don't
1: think there's a question about that yeah
3: we we need to put a a better product on the floor and that's what we're working towards and we need to win some more games at home and then you'll see that lower bowl like the goal is obviously to get that lower bowl filled this year
1: that would be something else. Uh, speaking of Colby, did you see that, that guy just went on, like, a 10,000-kilometer motorcycle journey up to the Yukon and back? Crazy stuff there. But uh, maybe, maybe a couple of guys, Dan, that you've been watching throughout the summer that are in the stable here that you're excited to see come to training camp. And a guy that kind of comes to the top of my mind, who I think has slowly been building all summer long, is Keegan Bell. Who has been put in a, a defensive transition role here for Langley and has seemingly really starting to embrace that and thrive back there, scoring some big goals for the Thunder, but playing some solid defense as well. And it, that's just one guy. But is there another couple of guys that you have been having your eye on that you're like, yeah, okay, I think this guy's starting to get it, and I'm looking forward to seeing him come to camp?
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, Keegan Bell has had a really good year playing out of the back gate and we've been watching a lot of games this year with him. And so, uh, he's got all the tools. He's, uh, he's a big body. He's very fit and athletic. And so he, he's going to be given a chance out of our back gate and, and we'd like him to take that next step. Uh, one of our recent signings that we're excited to bring on is that uh, Cal Slade. yeah. yeah. six foot three, 200 pounds, 23 year old. And he plays, with a bit of an edge that we love. And he, you can see him gaming. I watched the, I watched last night's game this morning and, uh, you know, he put some guys on their ass. And uh, we just love the fact that, uh, you know, we want to get bigger back there and we want to get meaner. And, you know, Troy really likes uh, those types of players.
1: Susie's got a little of that in him too, right? Absolutely.
3: And, uh, you know, so that's, you can see sort of the guys that we're trying to, or not trying, that we signed. Um, are of that ilk, and um, they're going to come in, and they're going to push some of our guys, and that's what it's all about.
1: And then, then, you know, just to add on to it, the other two guys in in Dallas Wade and Nick Preston, a little different than Susie and and Slade. These guys are are flyers. They'll get up the the floor in a hurry, and a a nice little balance there of of speed and transition with some ruggedness and, and nastiness along with the other two.
3: Yeah, you know that we had Dallas a few years ago. He got got into some injury problems. that's all cleared up now, and he's put on about uh, fifteen twenty pounds of muscle, so he's a bigger body now. So he's had a great year with Victoria. Uh, Nick Preston caught our eye early in the season, and we followed him throughout the year. So I mean, six foot one, one hundred ninety, and he can fly. Um, so we, we're, we're excited about these young guys coming in and, and pushing for a spot. They're hungry. They want to prove something. And, um, you know, we're look at we're six and 12. We're not a stand pad organization. We, we, we've changed the coaches. And the next thing is up is changing the players. And, uh, so all of our guys are going to be given a crack. They've got a brand new, uh, for the most part, coaching staff. That's, you know they're they're going to have an opportunity over the first couple of weeks of camp. Clean slate. So, yeah, exactly.
2: Uh, since we're, I just got one more player to ask you about. Since we're talking about guys taking the next step, I'm I'm wondering if you can give kind of an assessment of Adam Charlinbitti's from last season and and what you're looking to this coming season for him to, like you said, take that next step.
3: Well, the good thing is that uh, Troy knows all about Adam Uh He's a big fan of Adam, so. You know, the one piece of advice I kept giving Adam and and, and Troy's in agreement is we got to get him to mix his shots up a little bit. He likes that low to high. We want him to throw in a couple of bounce shots or some overhead shots to keep the goalies on their toes. He's a he's a fitness freak, so we don't have to worry about that. He just needs some more confidence. And we we believe now with a year of pro under his under his uh, belt, he's going to come into camp. And he's going to be given a bigger role than he had last year. So we're excited about uh, having him back.
1: A couple more minutes here with general manager, Dan Richardson. I know you got to get back to your meetings here, Dan, but uh, I do want to touch on the entry draft that's coming up. Has it been decided? We know with three, three overall, four overall. What where are you picking? Three. Okay. And, yep. and you know, you know, you're getting a good player at number three, and I would assume it's it's best player available, but do you have like uh, three to five guys that, like on the radar? Like, What are you looking for to pick at number three?
3: Well, first of all, uh, our preliminary, and that's one of the things we're working on this afternoon is to try to zero in on our, our final list. We'll have a couple more meetings before September 10th, but early indication is the top, I want to say four to six are um, – probably going back to university so we're not going to get them for this year so we are going to take the best player available at three we are not going to discount that and and pick a guy that might be rated eighth or ninth or tenth that can play this year we're absolutely taking the best player available and it and and
1: if you got to wait a year so be it yeah and all indications
3: are there it's going to be uh you know at, at three we're going to get a really good player
1: yeah well, I can't wait, man. A training camp's going to be here before you know it. i um, assuming I'll probably see you back in, in Edmonton for the President's Cup, doing a little scouting there with KT as well. Say hi to Dingo and, and Flipper for me, and we will chat soon, I'm sure. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, 67 days and counting. There you go. I knew you'd know how many days it was. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. We'll talk soon. Thanks. There you go. General Manager of the Vancouver Warriors, Dan Richardson, and Tino I've known Dan a long, long time. And if there's one thing I know about Dan, he knows how to build a winning roster. And it might not have happened as quickly as some people and fans alike would have liked to have happen, but it's going to happen. I know that for a fact. And it's just, it's just a matter of time here. And as each season goes by, it's getting better and better and better. And I got high hopes for this year coming in.
2: Yeah. And you know what, like, I'll just say I've been, you know, like one of the bigger, I would say, critics of the Warriors. And in all honesty, I'm like I'm a Vancouver guy. I'm a Canucks fan. Like I watch the Lions. I watch the Whitecaps. I I just I want Vancouver sports to succeed. So while I am critical of the Warriors. Man, like I just want them to win. I just want I want to see a championship here in Vancouver. I was a Ravens fan. I watched the Stealth. My my dad got a season tickets. Like I just want to see a lacrosse championship here in Vancouver. So
1: how cool! Being be, man, holy!
2: <laughs> the, I like so I'm I'm critical because I care. Yeah. And hey, you know what? Like the nothing the, wrong the, with
1: that, man. If you're honest and and you know it's pure. And listen, Vancouver may not be in championship caliber roster this year or even maybe next, but it's building it's building. And I think at the end of the day, that's all fans want to see. They want to see improvement from the season previous. And, and I I'll guarantee it. You're going to see a better record coming this year for the Vancouver Warriors.
2: Well, everyone mark down the date. All right. Everyone write you down the quote.
1: It. I'm won't uh, walk back on that. Just don't worry. So <laughs> there you go. Great conversation with Dan Richardson. We still got another period to go here on lax class. Evan is coming back. Report cards and lax glass locks. It's all coming up in the third. EP198, Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Double over time. Game seven. Mitch Jones into the middle. Got rim. Got a shot. Scores. Mitch Jones puts the bellies into the finals. Stolen by Mike Messenger. Twisting, turning, scoring. They can taste it. Listen to this
2: place again. You know, the Canadian army could use a tank like Mike Messenger.
3: Time now for the Kings of Queen's Park, brought to you by the new Westminster Salmon Bellies.
4: The Bellies have been around for well over a century, so damn right they've had their share of dynasties over the years. But none more important for capturing the imagination of a city than the 1968 through 1972 Bellies. While the Beatles were breaking up, the Western and Eastern Lacrosse Leagues were getting together to form the first ever pro circuit, the NLA, on both sides of the border. Founded by entrepreneurs looking to capitalize on the game, most teams in the NLA were Canadian amateur teams like the Bellies, Shamrocks, Peterborough Lakers, playing against teams like Detroit, Portland, Montreal, and Toronto. Games were televised. Queen's Park was packed and the Bellies won their first ever league title in 68, beating Jim Bishop's Detroit team to truly be crowned world champions. They used that momentum to cruise through the summer of 69 before dropping the championship to Peterborough in Peterborough. They beat Peterborough for the Man Cup back home in 1970, lost to Brantford for the Manor in 71 in Brantford, and then beat Brampton in 72 back home at Queen's Park Arena, truly home floor advantage. The 72 squad was a monster, boasting eight future Hall of Famers like Wayne Goss, Paul Parnell, Al Luthwaite, and Steve Deesum. During those five years, the Salmon Bellies played 164 league games, winning 107 of them. They scored over 2,000 goals during that span, almost 13 per night for five years. Eight goalies and 68 players contributed to the 68-72 dynasty, and that group was inducted into the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame. I'm Brad Challoner. That was this week's Kings of Queen's Park. Look like a Hall of Famer yourself. Get merch at SalmonBellies.com. Talk to you next week.
1: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified Kings of Queens Park. Only a couple of weeks left of Kings of Queen's Park here, and Brad Challener, who has been just cranking out some gold all summer long, no exception right there. From my boy Bradley and the New Westminster Sambellies. Sambellies.com. It's the off-season for the bellies, but there really is no off-season in New Westminster as far as lacrosse goes. You can always head to sandbellies.com. It's open 24-7. Lots of things to check out there on the website, including the team store. Big time sales going on right now. Discounts galore at the Bellies team store. I highly recommend you check that out. Take advantage of it now here in the summer so you don't go to the, the rank. And I'm not saying you're going to get gouged, but you're going to get a, a, a big discount right now if you buy the swag now. And then by the time next season rolls around, you know, just make sure you don't put on any weight or whatever and you'll be fine. <laughs> And get your Salmon Belly swag salmonbellies.com. We thank them for uh, hopping on board here For the last couple of months And uh, it's been fun Learning about Salmon Belly history In Kings of Queens Park Evan, welcome back to Lax Class What's going on, man? Well, I was
0: hoping Jamie would be on this week
1: uh, man, Altino, suck this What
0: the
2: hell is that <laughs> supposed to
0: mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I-, I was wondering if
0: Jamie's okay Because he makes this trade to pick up two first-round draft picks, I'm like, Jamie does not pick up draft picks. It's what the apocalypse. It's
1: yet? the apocalypse. Yeah. Uh, Jake, I I'm old. thinking
2: about thinking about trading Evans right now. Just so you know, <laughs> yeah.
1: so. well, you're not but getting also, two first-rounders from Schamannar. I can tell you that much. <laughs> but I was like, I
0: was always wanting to make a friendly bet with him that he does not pick what at least one, if not both of those picks by the time. Those drafts show up.
1: Okay. Well, he'll listen to this, and I'm sure he'll text me promptly and say, "Well, tell Evan I'm in for whatever he wants." <laughs> so I don't know what your bank account looks like, Evan, but I can guarantee you it does not look like Jamie dowick's So you better be careful when you're, you're wagering with him. Let's say that. Oh no,
0: friendly, friendly stuff. Like a uh, a game worn jersey or something like that against something else. We'll figure it out.
1: Okay. I should have t- I don't know what I was thinking but he took a little little cake off me during the regular season in the team in thunder regular season finale and I totally forgot to go back at him here for the WLA finals and now the thunder are up to nothing I missed my opportunity I don't know if I can handicap something with him or not but he probably wouldn't go for it. Anyways. Oh, and, uh,
0: and his hot take on Cal and uh, on Jamie Dowd standing, or, or on uh Dixon. yeah.
1: and
0: yeah, saying Calgary um, didn't exactly. No, I just. Yeah. <laughs> Careful, <laughs> Evans. Guys
2: got some money. So. Take, take that down. It's terrible. Take
0: yeah, he, he, was, he was busting my balls yeah, last Time
2: <laughs> to get back, you know? Yeah. Tina,
0: you,
1: you might have to take next week off there. again. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm gonna make one more final trade request. Uh Evan to the Albany Firewalls for a bucket of balls. And we're uh, gonna leave it
1: at that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh what are we doing first here? We're going it's lacks less time. Locks it's locked. When you write 50 of the time, you're wrong. Forty-eight percent at time. I hear by the club, luck it's a big luck, all right. Lax class locks presented by Cool Bet Canada. Stay cool, bet responsibly. I don't know if you saw this last night, guys, uh, but I tweeted out on the Lax Class account. I've been teasing this for what, like the better part of a month now. Man Cup odds are coming to Cool Bet. They have the futures up there right now. Let's break this down here quickly. After Sunday night's action, the Langley Thunder are a plus 145 to win the Man Cup. They're the overall favorite. Who would have thought that a team from the West, when the Man Cup is in the East, would be the odds-on favorite? to win the Man Cup right now. Peterborough just behind them at plus 165. Chiefs at plus 350. And Nanaimo, Grino, two hole. But that's a pretty good value there for the Timbermen at plus 900 to win the Man Cup. You guys laying down any action on Man Cup futures here on, on who's going to win?
0: already did. Oh. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> okay, well, that answers that. Who'd you take? You
0: don't bet against the
1: Empire. Okay. You're going, you're going for Pete here for Peterborough. Yep, plus oh, one sixty-five, not bad. Okay, Tino, I you? uh,
2: I pledge my allegiance on today's episode to the Nanaimo Timberman, so uh, I might have to put my money where
1: I'm out it's I there. think you probably should. Plus, unfortunately, I mean it might be worth just uh, lay down a ten-dollar. Yeah, you know, and if it comes through, great, and if not, then what do you got to lose? Really, ten bucks, big deal. All right, but we're going to stick to the PLL this weekend, and uh, more odds will be coming. Man, I can't believe it. Like, this is the got to be the first time in history where you can bet on Senior A lacrosse. Like, how awesome is that? No Minto Cup, unfortunately, but Man Cup will be up there. But we'll stick to the PLL. Are we going into PLL playoffs this weekend, Evan? Is that what's happening? Yes, yes, we are. Oh, I'm so out of touch, and that's probably why we have not, one lax glass lock, and I don't even know how long.
2: I want to Have say we won them. one this season, not one, no,
1: not P- we haven't won one PLL. Oh, <laughs> <Well, laughs>
0: I, I can't the worst be Part of it was, was that the over under hit on Saturday, right? Yeah. get to Sunday, and I don't know how many you know open passes and whatnot whips missed. And granted, there were in a number of crazy saves coming out of the cannons, too, but. That two and a half missed by a half. Oh, and that's that blew the whole thing. But gross. Yeah, it was uh it was an ugly finish to an ugly season for the Cannons. I mean uh, wow, they a got bad. a possession with fourteen seconds to go and shot from the forty yard line. Let's put it that way.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Uh it's been an ugly season here on Lax Class for locks as well. So we're into playoff time here, fellas, and this is when it really matters most. So let's get on the winning track here for playoff time. Lax Class Locks. Hey, if you're new to the podcast and you're you're wondering what the hell we're talking about here, coolbet.com. Coolbet.com, go to there and then sign up. It takes like two minutes. But before you make your first-time deposit, this is the key here, people. First-time depositors, use the bonus code LAXCLASS. And CoolBet will give you free money. They'll match you up to $200 no matter how much you put in, up to $200. CoolBet will match you and just give you free money for signing up at CoolBet.com and using the bonus code LAXCLASS. So do that. And then have a little fun watching some PLL playoff lacrosse. Evan, you're up first. You're looking at chaos made the playoffs. Chaos
0: made the playoffs. Wow. They were two and eight, but the cannons were one and nine. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Now granted, chaos actually had a pretty good game. Lost by one, missed a chance to tie it up. This one's a tough one because. This is exactly when the chaos normally go on some stupid winning streak, you know. And two years ago, they went zero and four, and then went to the final. You know, they were what a sixth seed last year when they won. All the Andy Towers proved me wrong. I am taking the Chrome on the money line.
1: Oh, Andy's not going to be happy with you, Evan. All right, minus one sixty nine Chrome straight up to win the game. Tino, you love your over unders, and you're staying in that wheelhouse again
2: yeah uh nobody trusts my opinion when it comes to gambling except for on the over under because <laughs> the over under keeps hitting when we're making them here on that class especially so- on the
1: water dogs especially on the
2: water dogs. <laughs> especially yeah. so we're going to the atlas versus water dogs taking the over 24 and a half let's go atlas
1: okay i'm um, surprised
2: it's even that low because i mean it's-
1: well they bumped it up wasn't it 23 and a half last week so they're they're bumping it up a goal here, but still just uh, of it hit thirty. Okay. Wow. Uh minus one oh five for that, which leaves me the Archers and the Redwoods. And I just think the Archers are a better team than the Redwoods. And so do the odds makers here. I don't like the money line at minus two oh eight because that's just not enough juice, if you will. So I'll take him at minus one thirty-three, but they gotta win by two. On the point spread here, minus one and a half at minus 133. So when it's all said and done, probably around a plus 500, which will get you a re- cool bet return of what, Evan, at plus 500?
0: On 20, it'll get you 120.
1: There you go. Simple math, even. Uh, well, I couldn't do it, but Evan could do it. So there you go. There's the Lax Cost Locks. It's over in the Water Dogs. It's the point spread for the Archers and. You're taking the money line for I'm lost again here. For over the, the cru- chaos. Yeah, yeah, No wonder we don't win. I can't even remember what we're <laughs> betting. All right, there is lax glass locks presented by Cool Bet, and now, boys, settle down. It's report card
4: Settle down, class. Today is Report Card Day. Today is Report Card Day. It's Report Card Day.
2: Hey, Jake, (laughs) don't forget about your read.
1: Actually, Tino, why don't you talk about Stampede Tack and Westerware since you've now been in the store Give the people a little uh, taste of what they can expect when they walk into Stampede earn your paycheck here, son. Paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, I let the, you be on the podcast. That's your paycheck. Essentially
2: as the certified cowboy of the podcast of the three of us, I can tell you what the most experience here. <laughs> no, but if you're going to go to Stampede, tack and Western, the first thing you can expect is the top notch customer service yes. they will provide. The second you walk in the door, you're going to feel the nice air condition. Go in there to get out of the heat a little bit. They're going to come right for you. Ask you what you're looking for. And then if you need some help, they'll help you out. If you need your space, they'll give you your space. But they'll be right behind you there if you need. If you, uh, if you have any question for them whatsoever, you need a hat. Take you to the hat section, which apparently when I was there, there was more than than what was even expected or what I even saw there. So they have more hats than anybody could ever even want. They got a whole wall of boots. That looks like it's the size of a football field. There's nothing you could ever
1: imagine that's not there. Seriously, there's things that you like you would never think. Well, that's not going to be in a Western Wear store. There it is. Watches. There it
2: is. Yeah, you need hats, boots, belts. Yeah, it's accessories. What
1: do you? Whatever you need, it's there. Ceramic horses. Um, Stampede Tech and Western Wear Stampede.ca. We're shopping online. Is still shopping local. Report card time, Evan Sheminar.
0: Well, I went negative the last week, so I'm going to the positive this week. And it's an A-plus to potentially the end of the field lacrosse career of one Brody Merrill. Hmm. He says he needs some time to consider his situation, but he played in his 200th pro field lacrosse game, which is more than anybody <laughs> in the history of the game. Unbelievable. And and, and, did, and not only did he play in 200, but he played in 200 immediately following an NLL season compared to most of his compatriots who weren't doing that. He broke the record for most loose balls in a career. Um, it, it I've heard various names out there as to the greatest long pole of all time. And if your guy isn't Brody Merrill, I want to have a chat with you because the Petro. guy has been a beast. He's been a beast internationally. You know, he's been the catalyst for two Canadian World Championships. One hell of a career in the field gained to Brody Merrill, so an A+. plus.
1: Still coming. He's re-signed with San Diego, though, right? He's still playing another year at Playing another
0: year at NLL. He's oh. got to get that title still. All right.
1: There you go. So, uh, A+, Brody Merrill, field lacrosse. I don't mind it. Tino, you're up.
2: I'm also going to go into the uh, positive end of the pool, mm. and I'm going uh, A+. Too. We've already talked about uh, in this episode, but a plus the team BC at the Canada Summer Games, going one one and one in the prelims, rolled their way through the quarters in the semis, and then ultimately met up with a an undefeated team Ontario in the finals, where BC handed them their first loss. And I don't, Jake, I don't know if you saw or Evan as well. I don't know if you saw the game winner. I hope I'm saying this this guy's name correctly, Jared Maznick. Yep, his game winner, Long Ranger. Like, you don't you just you don't switch hands and box across. No. He's going righty, going across the horn, comes back, switches back lefty. Like that's a goal that the goalie probably wants back, but what a smart move to just throw a bouncer late. to one side of the net. Yeah,
1: late in the shot clock.
2: Unbelievable. So shout out to you know, all the athletes that participated, but uh a plus overall to team B C
1: there you go. And I, I just wanna kinda of pile on to that to the Team BC guys that were at the Langley Event Center for the minor nationals. Listen, when it comes to running events and tournaments, I'm not sure anybody does it better than the Langley Event Center. Evan, you were front and center for it at the World Championships back in 2019, so you know what the experience was like there. But to the president of Langley Minor Lacrosse, Alex Vanacek, who kind of helped organize all that along with the good folks at the LEC, they deserve a lot of credit for how that week went. I got nothing but... Positive reviews from fans, players, managers, coaches, everybody that came through the doors at the LEC last week just had a blast, and a lot of that has to do with how they run events there at the LEC, so they get get an A as well, but that's not my report card. My report card this week is going to Brampton, Ontario, which was the site of the Founders' Cup, and... I'm kind of indifferent on this here a little bit, guys, because on one hand, it was great that the founders streamed the games. So I thought, you know, that deserves a pretty good letter grade. But then I thought, well, there was like a flat fee. Like you couldn't just purchase one game. So if you just wanted to watch Coquitlam games, you were unable to do that. So then the letter grade dropped down a little bit. But then the, the price when you worked it out for the entire week, if you did want to purchase the tournament was very reasonable for all the games you got for this flat rate fee. Like I said, you had to purchase it at the beginning of the week to kind of make it worthwhile, which I did. So then the letter grade kind of went back up a little bit, but then I thought to myself, there's no announcing for these games. And this is a national championship. And I can even understand the fact that the cost goes up when you have to bring announcers in. So that will probably change the price of how much you're paying to view these games. So I'd be willing to kind of let that slide through the round robin portion of the tournament. But when you're coming down here to the bronze medal game and and more importantly the gold medal game and I'm watching this game with no announcing. And these kids deserve to hear their names called in a national title game for the Founders' Cup. So a lot of good, like you could watch, you had to pay, there was no announcing, but it was there. So you're getting to see. Like, I just, I don't know. I thought, if anything, bring in Patty Gregoire or Matthew Carrick or whoever. For the, for the medal games, get some announcers in there, pay the, it just kind of, it took the shine off it a little bit, right? When you're watching a gold medal game and there's no announcing for it. And these kids who have busted their ass all summer long deserve to have a little recognition. I couldn't tell what some of the penalty calls were and who was scoring goals. It just, it didn't sit right, but I was happy to be able to watch it nonetheless So I can't give it a good letter grade. I can't give it a shitty letter grade either. So you're getting a C, Founders Cup people. I don't know whose decision that was. I don't really care. But you're getting a C this week for me.
0: Thoughts? Well, the one thing I'm starting to appreciate, like, the MSL went to all the games for the finals are free. Yeah. The um, Minto is going to be a free broadcast this week. You know, I, I I like that model far better. And you bring in some sponsors. I don't care if there's a banner ad across the top or the bottom to help pay for that cost and pay for the cost of the announcers. But the more people that start to go to that free model, the more eyes on the game, and it's just going to
2: enhance your overall revenue. Is the way to go.
1: I think that's a good point.
2: Yeah, I'll and if I'll, my last thing I'll add on to that if. As someone who grew up like playing junior B, I I remember being so frustrated when I was playing because it always, it always felt like junior B was getting overlooked. And there's a lot of really good talent that are that that play junior B throughout all their entire junior career. It's gotten a lot better than it was when I played. Now with there being like the junior B tier one and stuff, it's it's essentially what inner A was, but yeah, some some older guys, but this theme of like junior B just getting overlooked a little bit. And obviously, yeah, the games are getting broadcast and stuff like that. But man, how do you not, I how do you not have the gold medal game have some announcers?
1: Yeah. it just, it's
2: such a different feel.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it just didn't sit right with me. And it was actually Danny that, that kind of brought that up. Like, why are there no announcers? I said, well, that's a good question. Which got my wheels spinning. And Evan, I think you're, you're bang on. Like I, I think every, league needs to get to a point where they're offering their stream for free. And it's just a matter of the execs the the people, the higher ups either putting somebody in place to go out and acquire sponsorship dollars to supplement the broadcast where they don't have to charge a pay-per-view problem is, is that they either don't want to hire somebody to do it and pay somebody to go and do that. Or nobody just does it. Like they just, I'm not doing that. Like, why would I do that? This is easier, but you're not going to get the amount of eyeballs you will get. Like the, you know, how many people are going to watch this mental cup because it's free. And it's because the people back there in Ontario at the junior a lacrosse level, starting with Mark Grimes, the commissioner and whoever else is back there doing the work have gone out and acquired the sponsors to pay the broadcasters. So they don't have to charge a pay-per-view. To watch the games what it, was it? it was about
0: i think game two of the msl finals about 800 most of the game but even the game the junior game in victoria that general motors yeah. sponsored was about the same
1: uh, uh, yeah. speaking of msl i don't know who's working the camera back there but get that guy a tripod it's stabilizer <laughs> or something and <laughs> the thing makes me sick watching that like just shaking around and I don't know what's going on back there. But like I said, I'm not looking at gift horse in the mouth because it's free. And, you know, sometimes you get what you pay for sort of thing in that regard. But it's been good to be able to kind of watch the MSL and and Daryl Smart and those guys are working hard back there. So I don't want to take a dump all over them. But, yeah, you got to go out and do the work. You know, nobody's just going to come knocking on your door saying, here, take my money. You got to go pound on the doors and send out the emails and all the rest of it. But there are people out there that are willing to support grassroots sports if you put in the work and go out and find these people. They're not coming looking for you. That's all I'm going to say on that. So, see, Founders Cup, no announcers. Didn't like it. Fellas, monster program there. Once again, thanks for joining us and, and helping out with co hosting and all that sort of stuff. We'll be back next week. Like I said, I think I'm bringing the gear to Edmonton and uh, we'll do a little President's Cup special from. The host city next week for EP199. I want to thank Dan Richardson for coming by the podcast. I want to thank our sponsors, Stampede tack Associated Labels and Packaging, Salmonbellies.com, Cool Bet, and ridecore Construction for their continued support of the podcast. Support these guys. That's how you keep this podcast going. Ooh. Give Evan a follow at Shemlax. Give Tino a follow at Ferratino. Give me a follow at PXP for sports. The show is at lacrosse classified on Insta. Lax class on Twitter. We got a Facebook page and an email address at lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. Don't forget, subscribe and review wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. That helps our outreach. That will wrap up EP 198. We'll be back with EP 199 next week, every week, right here on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. But for now, we're out of here. For Evan Scheminar and Tino Farah, I've been Jake Elliott for the fastest game on Two feet and for the creator. Stay safe, stay healthy, stay classified.